week of November 19th, 2015. I am Christian Colocho, and as with me always is Sonic Safe. And, and we talk about tech and tech related things. Yep. And uh, I'd like to I'd like to start out by saying some of you may have been wondering where we've been for the last month. And the <laughs> the word of the day today is infrastructure. We've been working on our infrastructure. Sure, sure. That's uh, that's the correct thing. Yep, and that's uh, that's all I'm gonna say on that. But uh, we'd like to start with some cool indie games you should buy because that's this is a no video games week. Yeah, no Science video games indie. except for apparently you know like indie titles that that are pretty cheap actually. Both cheap of these, and chill. yeah, cheap and good. Uh, yeah. We'll start with a game called Sibel. Can you tell us a bit more about Sibel? Because I, I don't so, know. So I want you to, to imagine those weird FMV video games you saw back on like the Panasonic 3DO. If you've ever gone on a weird YouTube trip down old video game memory lane. <laughs> and take that with a uh, MMO. I think it was actually the MMO this game was uh, that this game is based off of. Because this game is about a girl who meets a guy on an MMO and they end up having sex. That's like a that's like a really terrible way to say it, right? Because it's more right. it's more about a love story. And it's more about like how people growing and teenagers being teenagers and awkward and romance encounters and it's a lot of it's a lot of things compacted into one really cool experience. Mm -hmm. And it's ten dollars, so yeah. um, it's less than you would pay for like uh, let's see what's a good comparison. Ten dollars. Uh, you could you could buy a month of WoW, or you could play this game, which simulates an MMO and has a decent story that isn't about orcs. Yeah, and you don't have to give Blizzard any money. That's exactly. That's the less money Blizzard has, the better. Because they make too much <laughs> over stupid card packs and Hearthstone. Right. And the second game this week is is one that's been out for a bit now. It's called Undertale. You probably might have heard of this one if you if you sort of follow indie games. Um, Undertale is how do I describe this? Uh, sort of RPG based on this. <sighs> I just got this game, so I'm having a hard time describing it. Just started playing it, so it's more like a choose-your-own-story kind of RPG, right? Right, there's and like a moral system in it, yeah, and there's different renderings and all that. And so think, think of like a Telltale game mixed with some RPG elements yeah. in terms of like how the narrative flows. Right, and it's designed. Uh, the graphic style is sort of old school. Uh, it's made it made using RPG Maker, which is incredible, by the way. It's impressive. Video game. Uh, the best part of it is the jokes. The jokes are goddamn hilarious. There's a lot of jokes. I don't want to spoil anything because uh, everything is a story spoiler. Like the jokes are story spoiler, so I can't really uh, say what the jokes are. But they are really hilarious. And just get it. It's, it's also ten dollars. So twenty dollars will, will get you two goddamn great video games. So basically, let's put it like this. For one-fourth the cost of uh, Fallout 4, you get five times the amount of fun and mm -hmm. five times the uh, le five times less the amount of bugs. Yeah. Yep. And it, it, you can run it on, like, any PC because these are, like, not very graphically intensive games. So. Yep. So Good those luck. of you who play League on your potatoes, you can play this on your potato. Yeah. Yep. But uh, – Real, real topics today, besides things we like. Uh, a topic I'm really happy about is uh, Microsoft news. Windows 10, Threshold 2. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Threshold Threshold's a code name for the initial launch of Windows 10. So Threshold 2 would be the sequential uh, major update to Windows 10. Right, right. 
So what are the big, big updates? The one thing I noticed right away is the change in uh, right-click menu, context menu colors, and how they look. So basically, Microsoft was what they're trying to do is that uh, people complain about context menus are really weird, which they still mm -hmm. are, right? They're yeah. not perfect. They're they not look perfect. A lot, no. They look no. a lot nicer though. He's basically right. You would get weird Win32 context menus with different size paddings. That's the big thing, right? Yes, yes. Padding wasn't yeah. right. Mm -hmm. And so basically, they standardized the padding on these context menus, and they also switched the color. So, if, say for example, if you you right your uh, taskbar is Zurich, right? You right click it, you get a dark context yep. menu. Yeah. You right click a uh, Windows Explorer uh, menu or whatever, you get a light one, but they're still the same size, same padding, mm -hmm. and all that. Yeah. yeah more look and feel. So more consistency is what Microsoft is going for across the board. Mm -hmm. Lots of bug fixes. A lot of bugs fixes, yeah. Edge got improvements. It's less buggy. It has tab previews now. Our rest in peace opera. <laughs> <laughs> Rip opera. Rip opera. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting features opera had a decade ago before they killed themselves and became opera chrome. Yeah. Which we really need to do a podcast episode on. Rip. The, the rest rest in peace. Opera. But also, it added a... Uh, so some, some uh, tweaks to the UI, right? Like, say, for example, you can now have color in your title bars. Yeah, I noticed that with the Xbox app, it's it's dark black. It's black now because everything on my desktop is black. Because more apps have dark themes now. The uh, movies and TV app has a dark theme. And if you um, Win32 apps can now have a custom color set if you right. uh, go on your preferences for their title bars. So basically, it's just um, it's putting in things that should have been there at launch. There's also a new Skype app, like a yeah, I, I noticed that Messenger. Metro. It's, it's, it's a Metro Skype app, right? P is it the desktop one's poop. It's, it's poop. It's bad. It's not good. Don't don't use desktop Skype. If you love yourself, don't use it. I use it every day, but uh, that's... Uh, it's buggy. It's not the best it could be. No, it's it's gotten better. It got high DPI support recently or scaling. Finally? Like yeah. what? Three years after the Surface Pro first came out, it finally gets support to, to support a high resolution? Yeah, that, it's, I feel like somehow that got stuck in some bureaucratic... Uh, mess and never came out. I bet you to the code base, right? It's a Win32 app, so getting high DPI support in there is probably way more of a pain in the ass than we think it is. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But these new Metro ones are fast. Um, and in a subsequent update coming, Microsoft's not confirmed this, but basically it's going to happen. It's going to support text messages for those of you running Windows Phone, so it essentially becomes iMessage where you can text people from your computer. Cortana, speaking about text messages, Cortana got more features for those of you who use Windows Phone. You can say, for example, I, uh, Static calls me. I get a missed call from him. I can send him a text back from my phone. Or, I mean, from my PC, rather, because, of course, you know from your phone. But, like, say Cortana be like, yo, you have a missed call on your phone. You want me to text this person back? And <laughs> basically, you can do nice things like that. But all around, it's just adding a little bit more features, fixing some bugs. I noticed a little weird bug with the upgrade. Uh, it resets some of my file associations, like... PNG file started opening with photos again instead of Windows uh, Photo Viewer. Like it reset up some file associations for whatever reason. Some it's of conspiracy. Them. Microsoft wants you to actually reset your defaults every time you update Windows Static. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I'm just gonna reset them back to what what I was using. So. But more importantly, though, the big news here is that with Threshold 2, the final RTM, even though RTM doesn't really mean anything anymore, build of Windows Phone 10 is out. And this is phone with a lowercase p, not an uppercase. This is apparently Windows Mobile 10. I'm not going to call it that because that sounds stupid.
basically yeah. it's uh it's good good times also a small change that some of you might appreciate um windows will tell you what your uh license key type is like so if you upgrade it from windows 8 to windows 10 it's an entitlement key to entitlement type key or say if you bought Windows 10 from retail, you have a retail key or OEM key. It tells yeah. you right in there. So and it gives you a handy link to the Microsoft page explaining all the types of license keys that Microsoft has. So that's the thing, apparently. And also too, also too, Windows 10 keys are now saved to your Microsoft account. So you do not have to, if you do a clean install instead of upgrading directly from Windows 7, and that computer had, like, you remember, you know how Windows keys are built into the BIOS now on OEM machines? Right. It'll just, it'll give you the entitlement automatically. You don't have to do an upgrade anymore. Yeah, you can do it directly, do a clean install. Right. I, I guess for non-OEM installs, you probably still have to get your serial key and... Uh, and you can enter a Windows 7 key, though, when they ask you for activation, yes, and it'll can, convert yeah. it. It will I, convert it now. I mean, that, sa that saved when I bought the Windows uh, 8 key, not Windows 7, but... Uh, I have that stored in the Microsoft Store account thing where they, they give you the keys to when you buy them. So you can just enter that key, and I guess it's, it's much more seamless process. Yeah, basically, though, uh, upgrade your, update your computers because uh, it's just just always update your computers. That's <laughs> just always. I don't I don't know why you wouldn't unless unless you think updating your computer makes it slow. But uh, that's this isn't the podcast for you, I guess. No, it's not. Definitely not. But uh, uh, speaking, speaking about of, Windows news, right? Yeah. Xbox. Xbox is now running Windows 10. And uh, for those of you who care, for those of you who like these things, Windows Phone 10, Windows 10, and the Xbox stable builds right now are all the same build. 10.5.8.6.11. Yeah. And that makes me happy. For reasons I can't explain. They're all using like the same build number, and it just clicks together. It makes me feel good. The the new Xbox experience. I've had it for a while because I think you and I both are in the uh, in the, yeah, in the preview, preview program. program, right? Um, and it's really nice. It's faster. It's so much faster. Uh, it's easier to get to things like say creating parties or friends. Friends is just like one button press away. Really, it's it's crazy fast. Yep, they brought back like the guide from the 360, mm -hmm. even though Static never used one. But yeah, like the 360, it, um, if you if you double tap the Xbox button on the 360, it brought up a similar overlay, like how you see on Windows 10 on the Xbox One, right. where you can access all of those things. Mm -hmm. And uh, uses the same icon set as Windows 10. Yeah, so it's using Windows 10 on your phone and your TV, that battery indicator is the same one. Yeah, things like that makes me happy. Don't know why, but <laughs> makes me happy. Yeah, <laughs> fonts font weighting has been updated too. For those of you who care. I, I noticed the slight font. It looks nice. It it's not very obvious on a on a TV because you know it's a TV, yeah. but yeah, it's it's much nicer. So upgrade it. If you probably are, if you have an Xbox One, you're you're probably Microsoft Force upgrade updates on that. Yeah. But just do it anyways. It's faster, and early next year you get the App Store. If that makes you feel, if that, if you care about apps on your TV, <laughs> if you care about that kind of thing, you get the uh, Windows App Store. Yeah. Speaking of uh, web apps or apps, I guess talking about the, uh, Chrome, Chrome Dev Summit. That things have happened. Things that make me happy. So we're gonna get real nerdy and real uh, web developer <laughs> for a moment while I talk about some web components. Sure. Basically, web components were this like huge idea back in the day 
back, I want to say 2010. Mm, that sounds maybe right. I think two Google IOs. 2011, 2012. It was. It's been dead for like three years. Like no, it just kind of died because Facebook said no, we're going to use React and blah blah blah. A lot of W3C stuff and stuff. Basically, okay, so web components. Say for example, if you're building an Android app and you want to use a hamburger menu, which you shouldn't, because uh, it's terrible and you're a terrible person for using it. Yeah. But if you want to use a hamburger menu, Google provides a library. They can update that library. You can still tweak it all you want because it's all open source. Now take that same kind of idea and bring that to websites where you can build your own tags. You can make your own libraries. You can import them. You can have them updated at a master feed. You can edit them client uh, on in production and all that. You can do basically just it makes it, it compartmentalizes web development instead of using like these big ominous JavaScript libraries to get things <laughs> done. Jquery. jQuery and all that. It's a little bit more smaller, individualized, less performant, performance degrading. It and a little bit more modern, right? Mm -hmm. And so essentially that's coming back at full force, which makes me happy. Right. And also too, there's a new release of Polymer, a new stable release, mm -hmm. which is much quicker on and everything because Palmer was they've been it was fine in Chrome it wasn't that bad but non Chrome Chrome based browsers it was bleh, it wasn't that great which is why for example say Inbox was only Chrome only for a while right because Paul is built on Polymer and Polymer was not there yet for other browsers so this new stable release is kind of speeding things up making fixing bugs and all that Polymer as you don't know is Google's library for building web apps that are material design yeah so it also uses some web component or I think I think they're starting to move over to web components since it's becoming standardized in more browsers. Mm. Also Mozilla and Google have agreed to use the same app system for web apps, even though LOL web apps, right? But <laughs> but that's it's nice that's um, basically things that should have been happening five years ago are starting to happen now, which makes me happy. DevTools and Chrome got updated so more reason even though Chrome will kill your battery and your system resources. There's still, if you make websites, still the best browser to use. Although Firefox with extensions for uh, like Firebug and such comes. Firebug second. is Firebug was was the king before web uh, the developer tools in Chrome got so good. Yep. So. And then you uh, edges edges getting there. These uh, Microsoft has been working really hard on their developer tools, but it's not quite there yet. No edges. Uh, but speaking speaking about Polymer though, we got. This new Google Plus fan. Google oh. Plus has been redesigned. Everyone hates it because they hate new things. But it's beautiful. And if and you don't fast. agree with me, oh it's God. fast. Yes. Let me explain. Dude, from 22 megs down to, like I think, under 500 kilobytes yeah. is how they got it. Like The page load is so much smaller, right? Because let me let's backtrack. So basically, before Google Plus, it was like you had that weird mobile site, which is terrible. And for people like me who use Windows Phone, I, could do, I couldn't do anything. It wasn't feature complete. Then you had the desktop site, which was slow, buggy, had things people didn't use right. Like anyone ever used that? Uh, what was that thing? It was like they had, they had that dedicated Hangouts page, which no one really ever used. Like mm -hmm. jumping into public Hangouts is weird, and you shouldn't do that. That's weird. <laughs> no, public video chat rooms have never gone over well. No, no, they definitely did not. And so they uh, removed a lot of things people didn't use, and it's still a work in progress. I say, for example, GIFs won't play in line, which I think is a feature, not a bug. <laughs> yeah, that's comments, a that's... <laughs> Comments are kind of slow to load right now. The weird, the page design isn't final, but it's faster, and that that's what matters. So yeah, basically, the... how how Google did it is that yeah. they built it for a phone and then scaled it up. Because on a phone, when I use it on my on my Windows phone right now, it is much faster. It is it is uh, almost as feature complete as the Android app. 
like it's not as awkward as it is on the desktop, right? Because right. plus one in comments isn't that weird. Mm -hmm. uh, viewing viewing posts isn't as weird. The post boxes are a little bit more mobile designed right now. Right. But the, the benefits of building it for, for a phone and scaling it to a desktop, right, is that you can't you can't bloat it up because if it's still on the phone, then whoops, then it, I use then the web app's slow in general, right? Mm -hmm. Performance, you need to scale. You need to, you can't like with responsive web pages, right? You should always build for the phone and then work your way up, right? So you don't end up blowing it. He's trying to strip things out to make it work for a phone. It's not. It's never fun. No, no, no. Uh, the the they updated the iOS and Android apps as well, and the iOS app actually the app the app the app on Android now has the bottom navigation bars, which yeah, bottom uh, tabs, which people hate because it's apparently hashtag not material, but but um, it's it uh, increases the hamburger menu. It is, than... but the problem is on iOS they have the hamburger menu still. <laughs> and, and I'm annoyed by this. Okay, let me let me rant about this. I hate hamburger menus because I've I realized hamburger menus are annoying to deal with when you have a big phone. Because when you have a phone, say the iPhone 6 Plus, you have to reach all the way to the top uh, and then open the hamburger menu. That is not that's not very fun to do if you're using the phone, say one-handed. Yeah. Bottom. The bottom navigation bar, on the other hand, has been an iOS staple for forever. Um, and it's much nicer to use for bigger phones. But why do you have both? It's really awkward. It's like some functionality is still in the uh, in the hamburger menu. Why? Google. Hashtag just Google things. Just Google things, man. If you're going to do something, do it properly. Uh, Small right. things. It's yeah. basically though this new Google Plus still a work in progress. They're probably gonna fix most of this stuff. It's nice. You should use it. Um, it it removes circle view. So if you if you didn't use uh, communities or collections, it just should, you have to work to get your circle view back in, which is whatever you should use collection view, because Google is moving towards that streams of yes. things, of collections mm -hmm. you follow, communities you follow for discussion, yeah. Yeah. which is the right move, because Google Plus should not be Tumblr. Google Plus should be its own thing. It's a little bit more Pinteresty. But I think that's the right move. I think yeah, that's I think, I think the whole circle the circles view thing never really worked as they intended to. Like when the first uh, when first Google first came first came out, and they were talking about circle view, and they were, they presented it as some sort of like really like like fancy sort of social networking, put people in circles kind of thing, and nobody really sort of I guess. Except for the biggest power users, I guess nobody really. Uh, because putting people in circles is such like a nerd thing, right? That's like such you're micromanaging people, and that's <laughs> not how social networks are used. Yeah, they're taking a cue from Facebook, I suppose, and making it a little bit more uh, streamlined and uh, using communities, which which I guess would be Facebook groups and uh, collections, which are I don't think collections really have. Uh, equivalent, maybe Pinterest, probably, but that's probably what it is. Yeah, but it's 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 nice. Yeah. Speaking for the ten people who still use Google Plus because it's dead, right? Uh, Google Plus is dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, speaking of things that are not dead, Apple TV. Apple yeah. TV came out, and it's uh, the best streaming box you can buy. I, I, I genuinely believe this. If you need a streaming box, you need one that's going to get updated. You need one that's going to work. You need one that's not going to slow down over time. And you need one that um, uses Apple stuff, right? 
Yeah, it, it integrates well with, say, if you have iPads, uh, iPhones, MacBooks. Uh, integrates with stuff like AirPlay and Siri and iCloud. Yep. Stuff like that. And it has you know, like so the reason I say it's the best when you can buy first sleep, because say for example, you're getting an Android TV device. That's only gonna have Google services. Amazon stuff probably will never come to it. There's a good chance Amazon might come to the Apple TV. Google's most likely gonna make apps for the Apple TV. So you can have and Microsoft's most likely gonna make apps for the Apple TV, right? Mm-hmm. So if you end up going Apple, you usually end up getting the best of all worlds because other companies make apps for them. Which is usually not the case with Android TV. Roku, though, is a good cheap option. If you yeah, Roku cheap. is the other option if you want to go that way. So it goes like Roku, Apple TV, and then game console in terms of price, I'd say. Yeah. So if you already have a game console... Um... Like, don't buy one. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't buy one if you have a game console, right? But say, for example, you get one for your parents, it's always a good option. Yeah. It's and some of you might be saying, but, but Chromecast, and then I'm like, but, 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 that's not a streaming TV. That's something you put on your bedroom TV. Also, yeah, Chromecast is not as convenient to use. You don't using your phone as a remote is not is not great. Let me yep. tell you this: I have tried convincing people to use the phone as a uh, remote and use the Chromecast, uh, but it doesn't work. So what I did was I got a remote for the Xbox One, and everybody loves it. So hey, yeah, if if you're buying one for the family. Um, get the one with the remote. Get a one with the proper remote. Just, 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 just a free pro tip. It's, it's it will work better for you if you get the remote. And also too with the Apple TV, it's kind of interesting because I think Apple's starting to move to a little bit more of a uh, unified app platform. Sort of how Microsoft's doing it. Like we'll get into this when we talk about the iPad in a minute, right? But it's like you can have the same app, right, from your Apple TV scale all the way up to an iPad, right? I don't know why you would do that, but if you totally <laughs> wanted to, you could, right? Yeah. And it's it's. I think it's interesting how uh, once again, uh, Microsoft's having the right ideas, but it's never going to get popular. Uh, Reference to how everything looks like Zune HD here. Just to, uh, just going to throw that one out oh, there. Oh, speaking of Zune HD, that that recently died, by the way. That they killed the they killed yeah, the services sure. for it. Rest in peace. Zune, rest in peace for the 10 people who bought the Zune devices. Uh, man, good times. Speaking of uh, devices that came out and have are yeah, not I- iPad Pro. Uh, iPad uh, Pro came out. I need to point out something about the launch here. The launch has been botched. You can't buy Apple pencils or Apple keyboards. Yeah, which is... Uh, which I anyone mean, who's ever worked at retail knows that the most times you make sales on accessories is when you're selling the device it goes with. Yep, definitely. So whenever you're buying the device, see, when you're buying, say, a multi, say, a three-figure cost device, you're more inclined to buy the accessories then than after because it's just how, like, you're like, okay, I'm buying a $600 device. Might as well buy the accessory as well, right? Yeah, it's like when I bought my Surface, right? It's like, yeah. you know, like if I didn't buy it, like I could use it at the keyboard and be like, oh, I'm good with this. But it's like, well, the guy's like, hey, it goes great with this keyboard. You're a little bit more inclined because like, oh, yeah, whatever, I'm already buying it. Yeah. Might as well get the keyboard and the yeah, pencil. Definitely. Yeah. yeah I, and that's a common retail thing. So if it being out of stock is uh, is not a fun time for Apple, uh, definitely. <sighs> but uh, basically, the uh, iPad Pro is uh, great hardware. Great, fantastic. If anyone, anyone tells you it's as fast as a desktop. There's we need a, there's some caveats here. So 
the a- Apple's chip tests as high as a uh, Surface Pro 3 i5. Yeah. But when you're running, it's like single, it's it's different, right? Because of how iOS is built and Windows is built. Mm-hmm. Other things. Also, can, it's also ARM chip versus uh, Intel x86 yeah. chip. It's the A9X chip on the uh, iPad Pro. Uh, it's good hardware. Though, I, I mean, as, as yeah. far as ARM hardware goes, it's goddamn fantastic. It's top yep. of the line. But it's just it's a, it's a weird comparison to compare those two architects. Yeah, it's I, like the performance. It's a piece how geeks uh, how Geekbench could, uh, computes their scores, right? Because on iOS, when you have one app running, you dedicate all of your resources to that app. Yes, it's very. Uh, and then on Windows, you can only really if you're running Benchwork, close everything down. But Windows is still going to manage because there's still multiple processes going on, right? Yeah, iOS because Windows has always done that. It's a different yep. kind of OS, right? But the performance is got it has yeah, four we're not, we're not gigs. saying it's slow. We're saying it's still fast. It's really fast. It has four gigs of RAM. So multitasking on this thing is fantastic. But you can only still do two uh two uh two apps at a time because uh software's weird. Well, yeah, but uh, as far as multitasking on iOS goes, this is uh this is a major upgrade. Yep. You Better can... than Android for sure. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really smooth. The the RAM helps and the fast processor, Dedica- dedicated GPU chip as well. Yep. Uh, four speakers, four speakers, and the speakers are fantastic from what I hear. I've I've been reading reviews of of the hardware and the software. Screen is the same size and resolution as the Surface Pro Four or Five. Yes, Correct. it's higher rest than a MacBook. 15 inch MacBook Pro 15 inch. So, yeah. Faster and longer battery life than the MacBook. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. And so basically, like, I I would say wait until Gen 2 just because of how iOS will mature because it's not there right now. <laughs> but, like, if you're the person who already lives on an iPad and oh, you need, speaking you're like of an artist people, or all that, it'd be people great. Who live, people who live on an iPad. Uh, the review from Mac Stories. Uh, from Federico is the review you should be reading because he's a guy who uses iPads as his only computer. So if anybody you want to take seriously about the iPad Pro, it's that guy. He knows all there is to be known about productivity on on, uh, iPad Pro and iPads in general. So, And he basically said that his conclusion was that he's going to be upgrading to the iPad Pro from his iPad Air 2. So interesting fact, though the iPad Air did not get an upgrade this year. Still the same as last year's. Yeah, but still better than any other Android tablet. So there's that. <laughs> so the software is not all there yet. The keyboard it feels like an afterthought a bit because it's still uh, iOS is still a touch centric uh, OS, right? And it, a lot of things you kind of have to use the touch screen for, which, yep. which, which would feel awkward when you when you're using it with, it with a keyboard. Keyboard shortcuts are weird. No trackpad support. Stuff like that. But I think there's, I think there's an interesting, an interesting, more broader um, uh, discussion to be had here mm-hmm. on how, like, this is the future, right? This is the future, mm-hmm. like, of like laptops and like right. computing, right? Like, because I feel like when people say that like iPads will never take over, I feel like those are the same people who are like, "What's this gooey shit? DOS is going to be here forever, right? Command lines will be there forever," <laughs> and it's. It's not going to, like, I like think the whole entire, what, the, the what, history of computing, What right? Gruber, Gruber said, uh, I'm going to quote from his post directly. He basically said that in his conclusion 
Uh, it brings me no joy to observe this, but the future of mass market portable computing involves neither a mouse pointer nor an x86 processor. Yep. And I feel like that that sums it up, really. It's basically... Because the history of computing, right, it's always been about abstraction. The more abstract you get, the more people are into it, right? Mm -hmm. People the people like GUIs because they're less complicated and more abstract because you weren't getting as close to the metal, right, as a command line. And now people love these touchscreen interfaces because of that. And it's we're not I'm not saying here that desktops are going to go away because you know the desktop command lines are still in use. People still use command lines. People use command, Linux. I, command lines a lot. And yeah. I was uh this is the let me let me make this sort of uh the in perspective. The iPad Pro might might not work for you, say if you if you're uh a designer and you use stuff like Illustrator, uh, you use Adobe Photoshop, you use the whole Adobe suit, for example. Yep. But the thing is, though, right, is that it's pretty damn close. It's close, yeah. but close isn't close enough. Like, it's not, like, when you're a professional using tools like this, you need, you have a certain workflow and you cannot really deviate from the workflow that much because then it, then because your work depends. On the software and the, and the software you have learned over like a decade or so. So stuff like Photoshop requires a lot of practice, a lot of muscle memory, a lot of keyboard yeah. shortcuts, and that stuff isn't isn't stuff to be joking about. So it's it's not there yet. So if if you're the kind of person who only uses say a laptop for un university and you only need to do like type up essays or uh, do your research. The iPad Pro is 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 good. You can do yeah. it. Like this and a Surface Pro, right? These are like that's the future of like mm -hmm. where computing's going. Yeah. And the surf and it's it's coming from a different angles, right? So I'd say the iPad Pro from people who really love working on iOS, right? And they just want to move up something yeah, bigger. Definitely, and yeah. then like the Surface Pro is coming downwards, right? If you like yeah. work on desktop windows and you want something smaller and more portable, but it's still meeting in the middle somewhere. Mm -hmm. And the future is like a mixture of the Surface Pro and the iPad Pro kind of mixed together into whatever. Yeah future devices come out, which is hybrid sort of, yeah. Yeah. Speaking about the Surface Pro though, the Surface Pro 4 has been reviewed recently. Yes, it has. And basically Surface Pro 4, if you have a Pro 3, get the keyboard and you're good. Just buy the new yeah, keyboard. I, I haven't good. I haven't gone around to getting one yet, but I'll get one soon. Yeah. So the keys are better, trackpad bigger, yeah. there's a fingerprint scanner the trackpad, if you want it. Especially the trackpad upgrade is a big deal because if you use the Surface Pro 3 with the touch cover uh, the trackpad is not very good. Let me just put it that, that way. Yeah. It's, it's small and it's not very comfortable to use uh, long term. So Surface Pro 4, better hardware, smaller. Sorry, is it lighter or is it smaller? Is yeah, it lighter. It's the same, thinner, lighter, same screen size or bigger screen. They remove the Windows button, less bezel. Right. right. And Skylake is buggy right now. That's a that's something we should point out. Skylight graphics drivers are buggy, so you keep on crashing on. Mm -hmm. It's not a server specific thing. I was telling Static earlier that some people. It's a, I think there's a Nova machine that's shipped with Skylake. Yeah, Skylake. Skylake. Uh, Intel is just releasing Skylake chips, and uh, OEMs are putting those in laptops and other devices just about now. So it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride for the integrated graphics stuff. Uh, the it should be sorted out by the end of the year, probably. Uh, it should be good. I mean, yeah. if you get if you get a Surface Pro four, you probably should expect like maybe like a. Graphics. It's gotten better, right? Because Microsoft yeah. is pushing out updates, pushing out firmware updates, new version of Windows, right? Does it ship mm -hmm. threshold two? 
Yeah, this and, uh, like this shouldn't this like this shouldn't dissuade you from getting a Surface Pro Four. Like this is like a, like a small sort of uh, a cautionary tale, right? Yeah. That if your graphics yeah. drive is uh, crashing all the time, it's not the device; it's just Skylake being a little bit buggy. Yeah. So as soon as you get the device, make sure you update to the latest firmware. Yep. Yeah, just just in case. And uh, speaking of Surface, we talked yeah. about Surface Pro Four now. The uh, surface book. I don't. Surface book. Let's, uh, what do you think about that hinge? Firstly, let's, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that snake hinge? <sighs> weird, and how the fact that the laptop won't touch the keys of the screen when it when it closes. So people have been talking about that, how it doesn't close properly, and how there's dust can get in there, and you have to clean it every time. So I've heard people say that they get no dust in there. And I've heard some people say that, oh, my God, all shit gets in there all the time, right? So I guess your mileage may vary depending on yes. how dirty your bag is, mm-hmm. how clean of a person you are, if you yeah. don't have random food and crap in your bag. Yeah. So Basically, uh, just uh, clean your stuff and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hinge, the thing with the hinge is the, it's a physical p- point of stress. So if you... Uh, if you might be able to break it if you put enough pressure on it. Like if you carry it in a bag and you sort of... Uh, accidentally sit on it or whatever. I don't know why you do that, but it but again, that's, how, that's how most laptops are, right? If you sit on a Mac, for example, the screen's gonna crack. Yeah. Or you get that really gross keyboard imprint on your screen. Oh, yeah, the you can't keyboard get out. imprint problem. People have been talking about that. The, apparently this has been the issue with with some of the MacBook Pros as well. The Mac um uh, some Windows laptops. And I don't think this is a real issue. Maybe it's uh some people I've have seen it been, happen. I've seen it happen before. It's happened to some of my laptops. I'm not saying it's super. It's not super common, but it can happen, and yeah, this prevents that. If that ever, that means something to you, but what, the more important thing about the Surface Book is, I, I think we recorded a podcast episode when it, uh, when when Microsoft had their event. Yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. Basically, yeah. it still blows me away that like all the computing stuff, right, is in the top of the machine. And the thing is, though, this is thinner than a Surface Pro Four. This is. Not lighter. It's as light. It's as heavy as a iPad Pro, I think, or a first generation mm-hmm. iPad. It's around that, but it's it's still crazy how you can fit all that in there, right? Mm-hmm, definitely, it's it's a ridiculous amount of hardware, uh, in, in a lo- in such a small surface area, and yeah, yeah, it's ex- it's expensive too. It's a thousand. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pro machine here. It's a, like a one thousand five hundred for the base model, and that doesn't mm-hmm. even come with the dedicated graphics. And also too is to Let's just, talk, let's just point out this is not a gaming machine. Don't don't buy it. the the graphics here workstation. It's not gaming. It'll run uh, AutoCAD and Adobe Premiere and all that fine, no problems. But throw in a game and it will crap out. It's not worth it for that. Also, but then again, you shouldn't be gaming on a laptop to begin with. Well, uh, some people might say they have to game on a laptop, and there are there, there's a market for that, and there are companies that cater to that market. But that's this is not it. Yeah. This is this is sort of Microsoft coming out and saying, "Hey OEMs, you guys have been failing miserably to, uh, for about ten years to do a premium Windows laptops. So here we are, uh, yep. with with the premium Windows laptop, right? Yeah. And it's um, it, the hardware is great, the keyboard is great, the trackpad's great. The trackpad sucks in Chrome. That's because Chrome on Windows is pooey. Like it's like." <laughs> All the things that are wrong with this, right, is that the drive, it's a little buggy, but besides that, it's a great machine. The battery life is 12 hours. It's, all the reviews have been saying the battery life lasts as long as it does, as Microsoft says it will. Mm-hmm. That's with the keyboard attached, to be correct there, because if you pull out the top part, it's just going to last three hours because you can't fit that big of a battery of all that yeah. hardware yes. in there. But that's expected, right? Yeah. Uh, for example, like uh, if you want to... 
like you need a if you're like if you're like this is like a professional laptop, right? Say for example, you're doing floor pans for like a for an office space or whatever, or you're <laughs> doing architecture, and you just take it off for a bit to go show what you're doing, right? Yeah. And do some like on the edit line with the pen or whatever. Right. It's just meant for quick things, and you just pop it back on, and you need to do some real work again. So it it makes sense. It works, and um. This is like a machine I kind of want, but I, I'm never going to use it to its full potential. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, you know, a, like, it's a powerful machine and a decent. I want thing. it. Like I don't, I don't like what Visual Studio. Like why don't you? I don't need to run Visual Studio on this thing. <laughs> I think it can run like probably five instances of Visual Studio, and I still have room to spare. Although this might be the first Windows laptop that finally runs Chrome smoothly and lasts long on battery. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you're if you're in the market for. Uh, for a new laptop, and you want you want to looking to spend a bit on the high end, this this is the laptop you should be looking at really at this point. Yeah, this is it's basically if you're gonna get a professional grade high end laptop, it's gonna be this or a MacBook Pro. Yeah, that that's those are your and then, options. And that depends on whether you want OS X or you want Windows. Windows. Yeah, and remember no bloatware because it comes from Microsoft. Yep, Guaranteed. no OEM. That's the Driver best part. No OEM that. bloatware. Yep. Windows updates for uh, as long as Windows 10's out. The mm -hmm. hardware is probably going to be well better supported. So basically, it's a uh, I don't I don't see what's uh, what, where you can go wrong. I mean, you can even get a terabyte SSD in this thing, <laughs> 16 gigs of RAM. Terabyte also, you SSD. Get a, you can get a terabyte SSD in the Surface Pro 4 and 16 gigs of RAM too. I should point out. Yeah, terabyte SSD. It sounds a bit um, overkill, but hey. If you if you if you got that kind of uh, well, I mean, is it really overkill? Because you're not if you're buying a Surface Book, you're not buying one every couple of years. This thing's yeah. gonna last you. This thing's gonna last you a while, right? True, true. But one TB is of SSD is not not cheap. If I'm just saying, it's not. Well, a, yeah, the three thousand dollars is the most expensive configuration to this machine. Mm -hmm. And three thousand dollars is probably the most expensive you're gonna get with a MacBook Pro. Maybe not, but hey. So yeah. with that, I think we're. Uh, Reaching the end of today's podcast. Wow. Yeah, we are uh, basically uh, the, the moral of the story is update your software, um, love computers, love yourself, and uh, yeah, pl play some indie games on your play new some computer. indie games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, update your computers and ball out. Yeah. Uh, so contact details. Uh, yeah, uh, I am Josephine on Twitter. I'm now back to Christian Colocho on Google Plus. His lordship has left the building. Mm -hmm. Just get that out here. It's a rip, riparoni, rip in peace. <laughs> um, we are always at twoshadesofbrown.com. And I'm static safe on Twitter, where you should be following me, and Sadik safe on Google Plus. I post more on Twitter, so you get you get to see me rant about stuff that you may not care about. But hey, follow yep. me anyway. And uh, community member of the week, Mark. Don't know how to pronounce his last name. Mark Lastwicka. Uh, sorry, Mark, if we butchered your last name, That's but hey. Hey, if Fluxman on Twitter, follow him. <laughs> yeah. Send him, right. Give your reviews to him, at yeah. Fluxman on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Tell him how many apples would you sell if you had 24 apples. And with that, <laughs> that's the end of our show. Thanks for Goodbye. watching.